everyone, this is Tracy Wild-Pace, and we're so glad you're joining joining us today for another episode of our Deep Dive podcast. I do want to remind you that if you haven't already, to go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, to our Capital Young Adult channel, uh, because then you'll get information about all the new episodes and just be up to date with everything that we're doing, which is, I hope you're enjoying it. It's been fun for us uh, to produce it and to get content um, to you, so I hope you continue to listen. We do want to remind you, if you have any questions, um, and specifically after today's podcast, we're hoping some of you will send in some questions uh, that are going to help lead us into the next few weeks of this podcast series. But if you have a question or comment or you just want to let us know what you think about the podcast, we'd love it. So send us an email at cyapodcast at capitalchurch.co. Again, it's cyapodcast at capitalchurch.co. So send in those emails. Just make sure they're nice. We don't like mean emails around here. We just like encouraging ones. Uh, Okay, so what is the new big topic about? Well, if you're listening to it, you already know because it's a title on the podcast. But we're going to be talking about relationships uh, for the next couple of weeks. It was funny. We recently asked you, some of our listeners, what you would be uh, interested in hearing more about on the Deep Dive podcast, and it was a majority vote for relationships. We had people ask, okay, how do you date in the church? What? How do you have boundaries in a romantic relationship? Um, how do you even live within the context of a Christian context and, and have a premarital kind of relationship? What does that look like? And so it was enormously in one direction for what people wanted, and it was about relationships. So, and I think it's a fun topic. So, I'm happy um, to talk about it. So, today, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of start it out. I'm gonna tee it off, and the next couple of weeks, we'll have some guests, and we'll talk about um, just helping you, hopefully giving you tools in. Um, I believe, to thrive in your relationships. I also think that this is not going to be just about romantic relationships. I think we need to have healthy relationships in general. In fact, when I think about relationships, I think about the gospel. I think about the way that God created us. God created us for community. We were we were never created to be isolated and alone. We're hardwired for relationships. We're hardwired for connection. And so I think it's just like the devil to take the very thing that we were created to be a part of, like community and healthy, thriving relationships, and throw a wrench in it. So the devil loves to create dysfunctional, unhealthy, maybe some poor habits when it comes to relationships, and um, create that kind of a pattern in your life. And so I think... Uh, I hope that we're going to discover maybe even some negative patterns and habits that you've had when it's come to to relationships um, and that you can adjust those so that you can have healthy, thriving relationships, whether it be a platonic relationship with your friends, even relationships within your family. Um, And also, and yes, we will talk a lot about, for all of you out there that really want to know, about romantic relationships. I mean, it is springtime, and it seems to be the time of year that lots of couples get together, and love is in the air, and so, of course, you want to hear all the wisdom that we have on relationships. So, I'm excited to talk about that because, and I'll talk about my story probably over the course of the next few episodes, um, because um, some of you may know, some of you may not, but I'm definitely not the, the classic or the typical story of um, pastor who got married. I mean, it seems like, at least in my generation and my friends and family, um, 
you know, that are in ministry, grew up in church, they all got married relatively young. Like, um, I mean, some as young as like 18, 19. It was pretty uh, consistent around 21. It was like the time. So when I was 21, it was like I was already an old maid. People were like, why isn't she married? It was such an interesting culture um, in the church. Um, as I grew up in church. And for me, I didn't get married till I was 39. So if you thought I, they made me feel like an old maid at 21, Lord knows how I felt at 39. Uh, but I went on a, a beautiful journey of feeling so content and recognizing and realizing God made me um, and hardwired me for relationships, not just romantic relationship, but also relationship for his kingdom, relationship within the church, great deep friendships, all of that. All of that's a part of um, God's story for you. So your story might be that you do get married really young and for others it might be later on in life and that's okay because God's story is the right story for you. But I do think um, through that, and this is what I'm going to talk about today a little bit, is dating in the church. I do think this is a hot topic. I do think it's, uh, as a pastor, I get asked this a lot. Like, how do you do it? What What do we do? What is, what's the protocol? And the answer is there's no formula, um, I don't think, for, for dating per se in the church. But I do think that there's principles that we can have to live by that can help us have a healthy, thriving relationship. You have to remember everybody, when two people come into a a relationship and, you know, a lot of it is with the potential of, you know, is this my future spouse? We have to remember each person is coming from a completely different background, um, a completely different set of um, ways of dealing with conflict or resolving conflict, if they even resolve conflict. And so it's bringing two people together. So it's going to be messy a little bit. And I'm okay with the mess. And I think that that's as Christians, we can't be afraid of entering into a relationship at any level and and any type of relationship and expect it to be this like perfect cookie cutter, like it's going to be like rainbows and puppy dogs and butterflies. Like I think life is messy. And I think when you get into relationship with people, it's messy, especially romantic relationships, because what happens and if it's God has orchestrated it, then guess what? It's like looking in a mirror. I remember when I um, first started my now hu- started dating my now husband and I'll talk about my story. Maybe not today, maybe later on, because I'll keep you keep you hooked because it's a good one. Um, and just so you know, my husband's a little bit younger than me and it's fun. So we'll talk about it. But when we first started dating, the first thing I recognized or realized was that it was like looking in a mirror. All of a sudden, all the stuff in me that I didn't realize, like that, you know, that icky, dark, the stuff that you don't let anybody really see and you're not even sure it's really there or you've never maybe fully really dealt with it. Like maybe deep down, you know, it's there and you have some issues, (laughs) but you don't really let it ever like expose itself. Well, as soon as you come into a romantic relationship, especially when you're um, really working on your relationship to move to the next level, you know, albeit marriage or you know, engagement or whatever is all of a sudden you're, you're like living under a microscope, recognizing all the areas of your life that need to be improved, all the areas of your life that you need to surrender to Jesus, all the icky stuff that is not fully, um, sanctified. If you want to use a good old Christian word, especially if you're Nazarene, you like that word, but it, 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 I think it's purposeful. I actually think marriage is less about 
you being happy and it's more about making you holy. And I think that's God's design and plan. So I preface it that way because I want you to think about relationships outside of how we normally do, which is I like this person. I'm attracted to them. I want them to fulfill my needs (laughs) because bless your heart, that will destroy you and your relationship. Because the reality is this, that no one can fulfill and completely complete us outside of Jesus. Only Jesus can make you completely whole. Now, what I love about marriage and what I love about my relationship with my husband is it's such an added bonus in life and ministry and doing it together and and having all of that um, that intimacy and connection. But he still, Garrison, who's my husband, cannot do what Jesus can do. Only Jesus can do and be who Jesus is. So before you enter into any relationship, um, and this goes across the board, like your mom, your dad, your cousin, your brother, your best friend, you know, your mentor, none of those people can fulfill you and complete you like Jesus can. So you got to let that expectation go, I think, from the get-go, from the genesis of any relationship. Don't force that person into being or putting them on a pedestal that they've never, they never can, they can never achieve. So uh, I think that's the number one thing as you enter this relationship. And maybe that just stopped someone from getting into a relationship. I don't know. Or hopefully it encouraged you. But remember that it's Jesus and Jesus alone that can complete us. And relationships are awesome and they are of God. And he desires that we be in healthy, thriving, functional Um, flourishing relationships and I think that's the goal of the church I think a healthy community or I should say the sign of a healthy community is that there are healthy relationships so and I think that goes with dating relationships I want to see as the pastor of our capital young adult community here in Boise I want to see a community full of very healthy dating relationships I think that there's a way to date in church and it's not weird And it's not like secretive. Um, And that tends to be sort of um, what happens a lot in the church is that couples are either super weird um, or they're secretive, which secretive is never of God. I'm going to just throw that one out there. I would just venture a guess that you're probably not like maybe doing the right thing at the right time if you're being a secret. Or it's, it's, it can be uh, um, over-spiritual. And I'm going to talk about some of these things. Like, for instance, you know, there's some people that will come to the pastors and say, oh, yeah, I met, I met the person I'm going to marry. I'm like, oh, awesome. How, how do you know? And they're like, well, God told me. First of all, the first thing that comes to my mind, and this is, this is because maybe I'm jaded because I've been in ministry so long, the first thought I have is, No, he didn't (laughs) because so many people at so many different times have said, God told me to marry so-and-so or, you know, whatever. And it didn't always work out. Does God speak to people and tell them? Sure, of course he does. God can do anything he can. But I don't always think that's the first way God shows you who you're supposed to be in a relationship with. And why? Why do I say that? Because I think if God just so blatantly told you it was going to be that person, then what what's the need of faith? Why would you even need to date? Why do you need to um, work through even issues of your heart and things like that? Now, God can give you an impression. And I felt like God did that for me with my now husband. I felt like God really gave me this impression. And there was this sense. And God 
and I'll talk about my story later on, but I, I could feel God in it, even though the natural circumstances didn't make sense and it didn't seem like it was going to go that way. God gave that to me so that I would hold on to hope and faith and trust God and his timing and his plan. But I don't always see, and as a pastor for I don't know how many years now, but I've been in ministry for my whole life, um, I don't know if I've seen very many times where the where a person has come to a pastor or a leader and said, God told me, like an audible voice told me that that's the person I'm going to marry. I don't know how many times that's actually happened where the person has actually married that one. Now, I'm not saying that that can't happen, but what I'm saying is that's just God will reveal to you in some way, whether it's through scripture or an impression, a vision, a dream, pastors, counsel, your parents, different, he uses different forms. But let's not over-spiritualize when it comes to dating. And I'm going to, I say all this because I'm going to, I'm going to kind of backtrack now. So why is dating weird like that in the church? We have these extremes. We have secret relationships because they think it's too uncomfortable to date in church. Then we have people that say, and announced to the rooftops that God spoke to them in an audible voice that they're going to marry so-and-so, even though so-and-so doesn't even know they exist, you know, which can I just, I don't want to get into this, but it seems manipulative to me if that person goes up to someone and says, God told me I'm going to marry you because God didn't tell the other person. Just, I'm going to leave that there. Okay. But, so we have these extremes, okay? Well, remember what I said. I grew up in a culture in the church where dating was, um, dating and marriage happened very early, um, it was just kind of, and obviously it stems a lot from our belief in purity and abstinence, which I'm a hundred percent for. I do believe that sex is, is created by God and it is wonderful and it is awesome, but it is for marriage and the Bible is explicitly clear. And so sex outside of marriage is sin. Sex outside of marriage is not blessed of God. It's not, it's not even its best. I mean, the, and you hear preachers say this all, all the time. The best sex is, is married sex. So God did create um, for sex to be within the confines of marriage. So if that's the case, then guess what happens to a bunch of young, awesome Christians who are a little bit horny and really want to get married? Guess what they do? They just get married. So there were there was that sense early on that there were people who got married in their you know late teens to early twenties, and that was part of it was to stay pure, and I respect that. And also, everyone's story is different, so you know that's awesome. But in the late 90s, when I was growing up, there was a book that had come out and it was called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And if you're listening to this and you're over the age of, I don't know, I guess maybe you'd probably need to be over 30, maybe 35 or so now. I don't even know. You remember this book because your youth pastor, you know your youth pastor talked about this. If not, and you probably had a small group that had you go through the book. Um, but Josh, Joshua Harris wrote this book in the late 90s. It was called A Kiss Dating Goodbye. God bless Joshua Harris. Like, you know what? I wrote a book too, and God knows there's probably stuff in that book that I'm going to be humiliated that I wrote, you know, years down the road and think, why did I say that? So no judgment to Joshua Harris. The book, however, though, painted a very, very intense picture of what he believed Um, dating should look like within the church and it was basically I mean there was he was very high on the whole courtship um, perspective of dating and that that you really should not date um, anyone unless you know you're going to marry them 
and that there's group dating that's involved. Like it's, it was, I mean, it was very, there was a lot of boundaries, which is good. Boundaries are very necessary and good. So that's the foundation or the backstory of, I think, where we moved into the church. So we have this, um, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, and Every Youth Pastor in America, you know, highlighted this book. And it was a gift to every youth pastor because they finally had some ammunition (laughs) to get their kids, you know, to either stop sleeping around or to be in healthy relationships or get them to stop dating. And as a youth pastor, I, I mean it's kind of a blessing from God. Like I would have jumped on that too if I was a youth pastor in the late 90s. So youth pastors, I think all across America were like, yep, this is it. So you heard messages about it. You heard other books written about it. You, It was the message and then became the culture, I think, of um, a lot of our modern church. So here we have this culture now where it's you don't date unless you know you're going to marry that person because you need to court them and it needs to have, um, you know, a very structured um, process around it and you better know you're going to get that. You, you better know that that person is the one that you're supposed to marry. Well, well, why do you think then all of a sudden we have all these people that have to come up with this and conjure up this audible voice from God that God told them to marry so-and-so because that was the culture. And without realizing it, I think the church um, drifted a little too far into inundating this culture with our young people. So then guys felt all this pressure that if they couldn't even take a girl out to coffee because guess what? The culture within the church was if you take that girl out, everybody knows that you got a word from God or you know that you know that you know that you're going to marry that girl. And then we might not use the word courtship. And that wasn't probably, that definitely wasn't really a word that I was raised around or we used, but it was the same sense. It came from this philosophy and this idea that developed into the culture within the church, which is if a guy and a girl start dating in the church, that means they have to get married. And then it became this pressure and it became this kind of this awkward, uh, I don't know, I guess pressure, I can't think of another word, but it was just, it was weird. And so then guess what was really bad was guess, guess what if, you know, the guy and the girl broke up? Well, that's, yeah, it makes it even more awkward. And one of them doesn't want to stay in church because everyone assumed that they went out to coffee or they saw him at a movie or they were um, out to dinner. Oh, remember the good old days when we used to go to movies? Once again, <laughs> we'll go back. But it was as if if you saw them out together, it was like, oh my gosh, they're getting married. So there was all this pressure. I feel like um, now we're far removed from the late 90s, the early 2000s. I do think there's a shift now in our church and in our culture that can find um, can find a beautiful tension. Um, remember what Pastor Chris said, and he says it a lot, that truth is found in the, op- in the tension between two opposites. So typically within church history, if you notice anything from traditions through orthodox, whatever we do, like the way we do a service or the way we do, um, or, you know, what we believe about something oftentimes without throughout church history is because it's a response to maybe an extreme that has happened. Um, there was a deep holiness movement back in the day. Then the grace movement came and we were preaching all about grace, 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 grace. Now you start to feel a little bit of a swing back towards, holiness and um and recognizing you know our 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 real need for transformation through obviously the grace that is given to us from Jesus but it there's just these shifts and these pendulum swings that happen within church history and church culture and the dating one is definitely one of them so now 
we're in present day 2020 greatest year ever right guys we love it um and we're needing to know how to date we want to know how to have healthy relationships healthy dating relationships and that's what I want us to talk about over the course of the next couple weeks is how we can have healthy thriving relationships without being weird one way or the other like over spiritualizing it or being secretive because we're afraid our pastor or our friends or the people in our small group are going to judge us for dating okay let's just throw all those things out let's just all commit to fresh start and um and coming from a level playing field and let's learn together what is what's a good way of approaching relationships within church and community I think that there are there are healthy ways of us um, coming into relationship and having a healthy relationship. So here's some practical things, and we're not going to talk long today because I we're gonna get we're gonna dive deeper. Do you like how I did that? Because it's called deep dive. We're gonna dive deeper the next couple of weeks. And you guys, I have to be funnier because I'm by myself today. When you have inner, you know, you have an interview style, like I can. Okay, I'm laughing at myself. It's just me and Nathan in the studio, and we're having a great time. Okay. Uh, but we're going to go over the course of the next couple of weeks. We are going to talk more about some of these specific things. But here's some practical things, especially for those of you who um, maybe are new to the dating or maybe you're interested in someone. Let me just say this. I think that there are principles that are helpful in dating. And I'm going to tell you some that I believe are healthy in, in approaching the dating experience. Number one, I do think uh, when it comes to dating, you do need um, counsel. You need wisdom. I think that comes from pastors, leaders. If your parents are 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 strong believers, um, I think their their voice is so helpful in this. Not to say if your parents aren't believers that they can't. I think no matter what, your parents will have a very um, important voice in a relationship. It does help if your parents are believers, though, because. They'll obviously look through a lens of faith as opposed to maybe natural circumstances. But you do need, nonetheless, you need counsel. And I would encourage anybody before even entering a relationship that you get that. You get that. The Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. I believe that with all my heart. Before Garrison and I even started dating, trust me, we had a field of counselors from uh, my family, his family, pastors, pastors outside of even our church because, I mean, the situation is a little bit different for me and unique because I'm a pastor and my brother is the lead pastor and my dad is the founding pastor. So, you know, I wanted voices that were them, of course, but also other pastors that would be maybe you know unbiased and would be really important during the season so you number one I really think you need counsel the second thing is I think that when you enter into a relationship and when you're starting especially the dating season I don't think you have to have a word from God to date I think that you can have an impression that God has given you that you really think there's something with this person now there's like a caveat to this I do think, though, if you're going to date someone, you should have an idea that there's real potential there. Like, why did the I Kiss Dating Goodbye thing become such a big deal? Because it crushed serial dating. (laughs) It crushed people from just dating for the sake of dating and breaking girls' hearts left and right. Sorry, guys, but let's be honest. It would be guys that were you know, dating this girl and then that girl and, you know, and it was, it was ridiculous. There needs to be an intentionality when it comes to the, to dating. And 
I think there's markers to it. I think there's ways of knowing. If you and the person that you're interested in have similar goals, especially when it comes to the call of God and what you believe about um, uh, uh, what you believe about God and church and his kingdom and all that, when you have that and you're going in a similar direction, that to me is just as important as having what people think they need from an you know audible voice from God. I think it's important that you are going in the same direction. So yes, to throw out the old adage, the old biblical little term, you do need to be equally yoked. There is, there's beauty in that. There, there needs to be that when you're in a relationship. If you don't have that, and can I say this to the ladies, and I'm going to talk a lot to the girls in the next couple of weeks about especially singlehood and, um, and being super content and fulfilled during your singleness and guys too. But, um, I just want to say ladies, you want to find someone who loves Jesus first and can show you that he can lead in that way. Here's one thing that I can tell you, um, you can't change anyone. You'll never be able to change a person. So girls are really cute. We all think that this, we all think we have the power to change a guy. And so you, sometimes girls will get in a relationship and they'll try to change. Let me tell you something. It does a losing battle. You can't change anyone. Only Jesus can change someone. So if you notice in the dating relationship that, and not to say you can't work things out and talk through things, but if you notice he can't be the spiritual leader that you need him to be, then I will say it might not be the right time to date. Pastor Christ says this, and he, he um, I love it. I think he said it when he was, um, he kind of coined this when he was doing a series on Ruth a couple years ago, but he says the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Ouch. I'm going to say it again. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. And that's hard because oftentimes, and I can tell you, that was Garrison and I's story. It was the right thing, but it was the wrong time. So for that, at that point, it was the wrong thing. And so we couldn't even approach it. We had to wait for the right time. We needed it to be the right thing at the right time. And then it's the right thing. So uh, I just want to encourage you, if you're in that season, you need to have, use that lens when you're approaching a relationship. So seek counsel. Um, you don't have to have like this audible a voice from God to start a dating relationship, but you need to have an impression and be an inten- intentional that this is going to go somewhere. This is not just a hangout. If you're lonely, get a dog, okay? You don't need a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Find a puppy. There's plenty of them available. So know the difference. And then I would say the last thing as you're approaching this season is, and this is my, this is what I look for as a pastor and all of you that are a part of our community, you might want to listen to this because this is what I'll be watching for. How I think um, the best way to know if a relationship is um, really of God or if it's um, maybe moving in the direction it should is that it should and it will bring out the best in each other. I've noticed over the years when I see um, people in relationships, now that doesn't say, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean you have moments and stuff comes up because I think dating does that too. I think it like causes you for stuff to come up, but that's bringing out the best in you because what it's doing is it's forcing issues, maybe dysfunctions, maybe ways of doing things to come to the surface and you're having to deal with it. What I mean, um, 
uh, is that it that you're bringing out the best in each other, and that's exactly what that does. What isn't bringing out the best in each other is when all of a sudden a couple who before they were dating were like super involved in church. They were small group leaders. They were at church all the time. They were like faith filled. They like were like the they they're just like the, like they just love Jesus. They were shining Jesus, and they were living out the call of God. And then all of a sudden they start dating, and they're like you don't see them at church as much. When they do come to church, they're a little bit moody. And they, uh, you know, it's like, ah, they've come to prayer once in three months. They've, you know, I'm just, I'm in a season. I can't lead a small group anymore. And they don't even, and then they don't even attend a small group. When you start to see that pattern, it's not usually, or at least for me, it's a red flag and shows me there might be something with that relationship because a, re- a good relationship, a godly relationship, a healthy relationship will push you towards the things of God, not away from them. So if you're in a relationship and if you're starting one, look for that. Have the people around you, even friends go, okay, call me out if I'm starting to pull away from the things of God because a good, godly, healthy relationship will push you towards the things of God, not away. So I just wanted to give you at least a couple things. We're going to keep talking about this. We've got a lot to talk about. Trust me, I'm very excited about this. I will talk to you guys and I'll be real transparent. Um, over the course of the next few episodes and I'll have some guests in here and it'll be really fun because we'll 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 get down to the nitty-gritty and talk about how to have healthy relationships but I wanted to leave you with those three things at least as you're approaching the season or maybe you're wondering and asking God to give you a pick or even a word to know if you should approach um, a situation where you want to start dating someone or maybe you just recently started dating use these things to help you guide you during this time but there's tons more so but I could only do three today so stay tuned for more because we'll definitely get to it but I'm very excited about this relationship series so please send in your questions and even comments or questions and maybe you want some follow-up on something that I talked about today on this episode so you got to email us though emails at cyapodcast at capitalchurch.co and we would love to talk about um, any of the things that you're curious about maybe you need some uh, clarity on something or you need um, maybe we touched on something but you want to make sure that we're going to hit it a little bit harder in the next couple weeks so make sure you email us and let us know oh my gosh this is going to be a good one I cannot wait to be back with you guys next week hey everyone thanks for being with us today we hope that you were encouraged we want to remind you subscribe to our podcast you can be listening in every week also don't forget to follow us on social media We have our Instagram at Capital Young Adults. We also have our Facebook page. We'd love if you would follow us on there. And also, if you have any prayer requests, we want to be praying with you. Shoot us a direct message or an email. That way we can be praying with you in this time. We love you guys. We hope you have the best week. And we can't wait to be back with you this time next week.